thank each one that was ministering in our absence. It's good to have you be able to do that and to enjoy that even from afar on the computer when you're near a Wi-Fi. You can tune in. But uh, it's been a blessing to have each one minister whilst we're away. Um, We're back in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. It's been quite a time since we're in here. Different things happening. Remember, we're um, looking at the Christian and his behaviour in his marital relationship as a partner, as a parent, is, is what we're looking at in verses 1 to 4 of chapter 6. And um, <clears throat> the child's simple task, and I think any child would say, no, it's not, <laughs> to obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And so the principle is laid down there. Obey your parents. The precept of verse 2 is given. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Which of the the Ten Commandments is that one? Number five. five. Number five. And some divide it four, six, the Ten Commandments. And um, put this one, number five, to to start the man's relationship with man, the last six commandments. I'd almost tend to put it with the first five, the first four, and say it's obeying God when you obey your parents. Because to, to, to learn to obey your parents is to learn to obey the Lord as, as, as life goes on. And so the precept there about that commandment, then it's the first commandment with a promise that uh, you'll live long, as it reads there, that may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. So we've looked at these. And <clears throat> a child who grows up to love, to honour, to obey his mother and father lays the foundation for a happier life. And if you look around, you can verify that by experience, the experience and the testimony of people. The more successful child or the more obedient child is a more successful adult as things move on in their life, as, they, as long as they stick to the rule of submitting to authority. That's what you're doing here, where we're, the children are instructed to do right here. And a stormy path lies ahead for a disobedient child, drifts into bad company, resents all rule and authority, and many times ends up on the wrong side of the law, as we looked at last time we were together. And they reap what they sow. Sow disobedience, they'll reap disobedience. Anyone coming anywhere near their authority, if they have any. And contemporary society has produced a bumper crop of people who just want to do their own thing and don't want to submit to authority. And it starts back where? Right here in the home. And the Bible tells us so. I pray that you might learn to obey. Do you want a life that God blesses? Do you want one that will go well with you as you walk through life? Do you want to live long on the earth? Then obey your parents. That's where it starts, right there. And so that's the promise. The principle, the precept and the promise. And now we go to chapter 
6 and verse 4. Ye and ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath. We dealt with um, wives and husbands and now and children, and now the Lord doesn't let the fathers off the hook either. They are to be obeyed, but they are to obey as well and to watch their behaviour. And we won't finish just verse four looking at this tonight. And the we see the father's sublime trust. Trust in the Lord to have his children, those under his authority, walk with the Lord. In an even way, God spoke first to children, now to parents. Fathers are not to be, a few things, not to be unreasonable in their demands. Children are that. They're children, aren't they? They don't understand as an adult. They haven't been taught the things. They learn, they grow, and under, begin to understand uh, you know, where, where things fit in. And <clears throat> it's, it's good to have a, 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 an inquiring child. You, they ask the simplest questions. Give them the answer, yep, and off they go. <laughs> they, it, you know, it's, it's good when you, you can talk to someone that's like that. But dads, don't be unreasonable in your demands. Don't be outrageous in the punishments you issue. I'm not saying no punishment or discipline. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I've seen some dads do things to the children that you know their child's going to go astray because it was outrageous. And um, it was done in anger mm. And I couldn't believe that the person who was doing it was doing it in front of other people. It just, you know, embarrassed the child and the child learnt nothing from that. But that, well, they did. They learnt that Dad was out of control himself. Don't be hypocritical in your actions as a father. Children pick up on that pretty quick, being a hypocrite. Don't be inconsistent in your example um, yeah, I'm going to give all these rules to you now you obey them and I'll do what I want <laughs> and dads don't do that you need to be consistent you obey they obey um, <clears throat> children are little people not mindless objects to be bossed and bullied they, are, they have thoughts they have hopes they have aspirations they have fears they have dislikes and likes, just as you have had in time past. Try to think back to your life. And if there were things in your life that were not what you th believe the Bible teaches or, what, or how God would treat you, change them. You know, if you learnt that in your family, it might have been an unsafe family or an out-of-balanced mum or dad, then change the behaviour. Make your family to be the family that God would honour and respect and use for his glory. Um, <clears throat> as the children grow, they change. And life becomes more complex, as we know, who've been there. More complicated, decisions are more significant. And uh, they're be to be respected as people. Now, <clears throat> it's, that, it's that period of time, isn't it, when they... Young, young, 
the late teenage where things can really go astray. And the early discipline, the early direction, the early set example of uh, a Christian father in their early life will help a lot in that period of time where you have their respect. Um, and also talking to grandparents, talking to those maybe that don't have children under their influence. But most of us in some way do have that. Um, <clears throat> parents need to know their children. Is every child alike? Are we all clones? Not in your life. <laughs> um, yeah, they're talking about cloning. Remember when they cloned Dolly the sheep? Some years ago now, and they were going to be into it. And uh, who's next? Men, but they've they put the brakes on that, and they're not going to do that. And praise the Lord, because <laughs> God gives the personality, the individual, the individuality that they have. He gives the gifts. We know all this from the Bible, doesn't He? He gives these things, and no no two children are alike. Some <laughs> some are strong-willed, others are passive. Some are clever, others are slow. Some are advent adventurous, others are timid. Some are bold and some are shy. And you can think of yourself, where you fit in in a lot of these areas. And you to know the child. So if a child's timid and quiet and softer and uh, submissive, what is it with discipline that... How would you discipline them as compared with... One of the children that are stubborn, self-willed, you know. Is there a difference? Yeah, there is a difference. And how you discipline, how you talk to, you can have a child cry just by talking to them. You can talk to a child who you're blue in the face and they don't do anything, <laughs> don't obey. You see, God made us individuals. Um, <clears throat> and, and we are, as parents, given the responsibility to direct them in life to have them believe on the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to guide them toward that path and direct them in life so that whether they are strong-willed or, or very passive in their, in their nature or, or all the other things we mentioned, that they might grow up to be the person God wants them to be, you know, to, to trust him as their saviour, to know him and to labour for him. Uh, <clears throat> the best text for raising children is the Bible, isn't it? <laughs> And the best, probably one of the best books in the Bible, what would you think? Proverbs. Proverbs. It's the book of Proverbs. Read it and reread it and explain the, parab the parables or the, the sayings, the proverbs of the wise one to your children, what they mean. And, and there's so many opportunities you come across. We'll look at a couple in a minute. But Psalm 119 verse 11 Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There's something to do for your children. Something as a church we should do for the children in Sunday school, in, the, in their youth clubs. Teach them to memorise the scripture. That they hide it in their heart that they might not sin against the Lord. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way but by taking heed thereto according to thy word. The Bible stands... He looked up. I was just looking at him. He did, and when he chose that one, I knew this was going to be in the in the study tonight. The Bible stands, and it will forever. When the world's passed away, 
the Bible stands and and we can instruct our children in that to know our children and to know how to apply the scriptures to their individual uh, character and nature is this important for us um, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit can draw on the material on the scripture that we input into our children on the stories we read them and it might be at the start of the day it might be the end of the day it might be during the day and God's Holy Spirit can draw on that in the future on the things that they remember. And <clears throat> you, you, you've probably met unsaved people that had some influence in the past in Sunday school or maybe a Christian parent or, or grandparent. You find that they have things in their memory that came up, come out. <laughs> in our society, Western society, Judeo-Christian society, that happens. Even with unsaved atheist people, they'll, they'll do a quote and they won't know where it's from and not knowing that it may well be a Bible verse and uh, a Bible principle. Uh, <clears throat> praise God that that does happen a little in our country. Let's turn to Proverbs. We said it's a good book for instructing or reading through. And it'd be pretty hard to read children a proverb a day, I mean a chapter a day of Proverbs. You could just read through it or you could then, as a father, get a word that's used a lot of times through Proverbs and just go to all the verses with that word in it. And um, there's many ways you could go about having the little ones understand. Proverbs 1, verse 8. My son, here it, this, my son, this is where it's used over and over again. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. And so often, he, you know, a, a, a drunk... Years later, we'll remember mother's prayers. <laughs> we'll remember mother's sayings. And, and often the te in a testimony, they will share that. Uh, <clears throat> my son, verse 10. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. This is a good one when they're on their own. You've taught them the truth and they're being tempted by others, sinners around them, and they walk away from it. Not, not participate. Don't go ahead. Verse 15, my son, walk not thou in the way with them, refrain thy foot from their path. If you go to verse 1 of chapter 2, my son. Now see, what we're picking on is, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so shall thine ear incline, or shall, so shall thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. Um, over in verse 1 of chapter 3, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. My son, verse 11, Despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. One of the sermons when we were away, I don't know if it was one that was preached here or up there, <laughs> was that... <clears throat> How the Lord does test us, but he doesn't tempt us. And he tests us and he does chastise us, as it's written here and in Proverbs chapter 12. But my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Where do they learn that? As parents chasten the children, they learn to be disciplined in older and later life 
by the Lord and they receive correction. They don't rebel against him. Verse 21 of chapter 3. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. What is it? The commandments of the Lord? The knowledge of the Lord? Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and in discretion. Um, <clears throat> verse 10 of 4. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. What does it say in the book of Ephesians? <laughs> what it says here. So shall thy life be long. And over and over again you can read that phrase. And so there's a good one to start on as you read through it. Get your colour pencil and mark my son. Or get your concordance if you want to do it quicker instead of reading through it and just go through and, and mark them up. It's worth it to help the children understand. Now, <clears throat> back in the book of Ephesians, there's a phrase there, in the start of verse 4, and fathers, ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. I think we might have asked this before, but ask it again. As a child, when you were a child, what got you angry? Or, we shouldn't ask the children here, <laughs> but how can fathers provoke their children to wrath? How can you get them angry? Discipline them angry. Okay, by yep. anger breeds anger in that, yep. By disciplining them in anger. Mm -hmm. Anything else? We've got a few written down, but. <laughs> it's a big grin. <laughs> but. The, the ang the, if if they're asked to do that, they shouldn't have to be asked. They should do it, shouldn't they? And so they're getting angry. There is the wrong response. It's not the dads making them angry. It's their response to the the request. Yes. Discipline the child, the wrong child for. <laughs> yeah, the, the other guy did it. <laughs> I've seen that happen with. Families and one guy cops it, and he, <laughs> no, he got the wrong guy. <laughs> and uh, like the government putting someone in jail that was innocent, yeah, that can really get them upset. Or is there some other way you could get them, can get them angry? They have that, they, they build up a resentment. Favoritism, well, I hear that somewhere, yep. Favoritism of one above another, and it, it might be because your personality, you know, works better with that one than the other one. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it builds up. They mightn't say anything, but they'll have that there, won't they? Yeah. Embarrassing them in public. Any other things? <clears throat> what about making promises you don't keep? It's better not to make a promise than make a promise and break the promise. Because I'll build that. Remember you said you're going to take me fishing. Did, no. We tried fishing up there, but we didn't. Brother done ask if we caught any fish. No. We caught a lot of yabbies to feed the fish. <laughs> oh, you caught a fish. Did you? Michael caught a fish. Oh, that long. <laughs> Had to put them back. 
not big enough. So instead of catching fish, I went snorkeling and looked at the fish. <laughs> they were all there underneath you. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, you make a promise and don't keep the promise. I think that's pretty big. And sometimes we don't. We should, should say, we'll see. You know, because circumstances can change so quickly in life, in the day. And um, <clears throat> unreasonable demands upon children. Can you remember a time when you were angry as a child with your parents for some reason and what, what, what it was that got you that way? Maybe you're not willing to say that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I can remember one big one and I shared it the other day with, well, about three years ago with my brother and my dad my sister and others that were there and my brother said yeah I remember and he said and he quoted what I said and it was 40 45 years ago <laughs> he still had it and um, it was when I tipped the bulldozer off the truck on the road I mean going along I didn't and um, dad got angry and I got angry <laughs> and we we, sh we said words and it was only very short <laughs> he said something and I responded but that, you know, doesn't, I was 21 or so at that time, might have been a bit younger, but I thought, ah, it's only five miles home, it won't tip off the truck, <laughs> it came clean off, it bounced, a bulldozer bounced off the truck, landed like this, going on its side, and then it went on its feet, and in, a, in an island in the middle of the road, and it just ploughed plowed a big gutter up with the blade. I just backed it back on the road and loaded it up the back and floated and took off. But I was trying to avoid knocking a fella's head off on a push bike and I was swerved and that got it just bounced clean off. Yeah, the, the anger. Now, when we provoke someone to anger like that and it's happened and we've all done it, what should we do? What's the Christian thing to do when we've, we as a parent have provoked our children to anger? Mm -hmm. We should get it right, shouldn't we? We should apologise. And you say, Dad apologised to the children? Yes. It builds a relationship and a respect with the children that you, you know, will be great in time to come. <laughs> and it will be a blessing. And so <clears throat> there's some just some thoughts and we'll go into looking at that more next time we get together. <clears throat> And um, there's a whole page of things, why have children if? And a whole heap of things will say after that. If, one is why have children if? You're not going to teach them the way of the Lord and they're going to go to hell. Jesus said it would be better if they had not. Well, it's talking about Judas Iscariot if he had not been born. And it, it, when you think about the horrors of hell and eternity like that, you just sort of... And, and, and people everywhere, there's millions and billions of people that have been born that have not been taught the way of the Lord and they're going on to eternity in hell. And um, why have children if you're not going to teach them the way of the Lord? And as Christians, we have a greater responsibility, don't we?